My guest today is Schneider Orlis. He's actually my personal trainer and he's the owner of an entire personal training company here in downtown Orlando, Florida called SoFit Training. And he started completely from scratch, just driving all over the place, training people. It's now built it into specifically a collection of high performers and entrepreneurs. That's the type of people that he trains. So he came on to share what it's been like actually growing that business and also what the qualities are of the people that he's observed through training all these high performers and entrepreneurs. Once you remove yourself and you're able to kind of work with other people to accomplish a goal, that's what's going to take you to the next level. So this was a really fascinating one, just seeing those things from both perspectives. So stay tuned for some insider tips on growing a personal training business, generating a full-time income, managing multiple employees, and also insider tips on the qualities that really successful entrepreneurs and high performers share and have that allow them to also fit in fitness and health into their everyday life. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Profession Session. My goal with this podcast is to expose you to incredible entrepreneurs so that you can hear more about the mindset behind their success, as well as some of the tactics that have allowed them to achieve the success. If you've ever gotten value from this, or if you get value from this episode, I encourage you to like, subscribe, and especially to share this podcast with as many people as you can so that it can help other aspiring entrepreneurs to have the kinds of success that these ones have had. Thank you so much and enjoy this episode. So I would hear someone over the phone talk about, okay, the reasonings they've been struggling with for fitness or just kind of accomplishing their goals and just talk about the time, the commitment to certain something, um, to certain tasks and just not being able to have time for themselves. And I'm just hearing it like, oh, I can relate to all of this. Like, you don't have to say anything else. Trust me, I understand. As you're talking to me, you're talking to someone who started this business and went through the hard pains of growing a business and just not being able to even train myself as a personal trainer. Like, mm-hmm. So I've definitely always kind of just, the light bulb's always going off in my head whenever I'm having any any talk with any, any new client because it's like I can relate to every single thing you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're about five years into running this business yeah. now, right? Mm-hmm. Tell me about when it first became a business and what that looked like. Um, it, didn't, it didn't become a business for a while now. Um, even even now, I consider myself, um, yes, I, even though I own the business, I consider myself more of an employee, and I don't see myself out of that employee box until I'm no longer training or I am requ- or I'm no longer required for a big operation in the business itself. Um, I first start when I first started this, I was just training um, local people that I knew in the area that's always seen me in the gym training and just always was fascinated about um, why, how, why I trained the way I did or trying to f- fascinate about finding someone who can help them accomplish their fitness goals. So I was really just training general population, anyone that was looking for it. I was, I was desperate for clients. Yeah. So I would help anyone and just really dive in to help um, them accomplish their goals. So along the way, obviously, you mentioned that you now mostly work with entrepreneurs and high performers. Could you tell me about how you how that changed over the years, how mm-hmm. that went from just kind of needing clients, trying to work with anyone to specialize? Oh, definitely. I, can de- I mean, I think the biggest thing for me is um, when because I was so open to all type of clients, I got to spend lots of time with so many different people and just um, invest a lot of my time and energy to, 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 to different people. And I think the people who need personal training the most is I like to tell a lot of clients who sometimes call me and say, hey, I really need help with my fitness journey, but I don't have, um, but I'm still in school, for instance, or I'm still kind of just trying to find a job, or I'm still just kind of just figuring out life. And I would tell these people, personal training is still an important factor, um, but you also have to make sure that you're that you're also focusing on your 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 career and life as well, and if it's not, it might not be a right thing for you now, for instance. 
but it's something I would definitely recommend you prioritize later on in the journey or prioritize a little bit more later on in the journey when it comes to it, if that makes sense. So what I found, oh yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think this is an interesting point because I hear people say stuff like that all the time. Like, yeah. I'll be ready for this at this point at or this when point. we get to that point or when I have this much money in the bank or when this thing is done. But then what if, how do you combat the challenge of it always being, oh, I'll be ready tomorrow? Um, I just tell them straight. I think people appreciate um, upfrontness. They appreciate transparency. And when I call them out on their bullshit, really, um, a lot of people would like to say I'm serious about training and I'm looking to really accomplish my goals, but I'll just be ready next month or I have a vacation to go to. Then I'll be back and I'm ready to go. Um, my first thing to say is, why don't we start tomorrow or why don't we start in two days? And they would give me 100 excuses on why they couldn't. So I would just my following question to that is, is this what you really want to accomplish? or the goals that we just spent 20 minutes talking about, is this something that's truly important to you? Or you're ready to kind of start approaching now to accomplish? And if the question is yes, then I would, I would say, why not start in two to three days? What's stopping you from taking action, even with the, the plan that we structured? What's stopping you from starting to drink water more water that you need? What's stopping you from reaching the protein goal that we set? What's stopping you from hitting the cardio daily goal that we set for you on a day-to-day -day basis? If you can't start on this now, then you probably won't be able to start on it later, <laughs> to, yeah. be up for it, to be honest. Yeah. Just getting really open and honest about exactly. the fact that they're not going to reach their goals. Mm -hmm. otherwise. And, and, and I understand. And for me, the I usually find with, with years of training that Usually, most of my clients are probably in the age range of um, now it's about 26 and above, uh, all the way up until I train 80-year-olds, 70-year-olds. But usually anybody younger than that, um, I would tell them, I think it's there's something about seeking out an expert in certain fields and letting them help you accomplish that next level. Because for most people, they have devoted a lot of their time and energy into their business, their career, and what they do. So I wouldn't recommend for them to re-go out and relearn something completely new like fitness. Um, there's a thousand videos out there, a thousand um, 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 articles, a thousand in-depth knowledgeable um, information to tell you how to reach your goal. I don't recommend anyone go out and invest another load of their time to that, especially if you're prioritizing the business or career that you're in. It is okay to seek out that knowledge from someone else who's able to do it, and that's where usually a personal trainer comes in. For anyone who are usually in the start of their life or, or are much younger, out they would come to me looking for a personal trainer, and I'm like, that's great. but do you feel like that is something you're you're not able to do on your own now? What's stopping you from going out and training now on your own at the day to day? And they would tell me, I'm in school, but you have an extra 10 hours throughout your week to commit to training. You're not someone in their career yet. You're not someone who's working yet. What's stopping you from doing it? And I think with a lot of people, it's just a mental game of just make, taking that first step. It's not even just the capability of doing these things or understanding these things, it's taking the first step to accomplish them. Working with all these entrepreneurs and high performers, what are the qualities that you've observed that are similar across um, high performers? I think high performers, um, they definitely are fast learners. If it's anything, any entrepreneur, or trainer, or, or high performer, they're really fast learners who um, who once they get the clear picture can take action on it. I think for a lot of the people I train, they were just missing the clear picture. They saw a thousand articles on how the proper ways to lose weight, how the proper ways to gain muscle, and they just couldn't kind of zone in on which one was the right way because everyone's telling you the right way to do something. So, but with most people, once we really sit down and break down a plan for them, able to just act on it immediately and just kind of reach their goal from there.
You know what? I, I just put something together, I mm -hmm. think, that is very valuable. Going back to your point of it's important to seek an expert in a particular field. Mm -hmm. I was just speaking on this last week, but I realized it applies to this, I think, is that I've always observed that for myself, when I get advice about something, the advice only sinks in and creates action if I'm getting it from someone who's actually lived it. Exactly. And I think when you get advice from people that are an expert in a field, there's something inherently in us where we're able to recognize that's real. Like, yeah. That I can trust this information. I don't need to filter this out yeah. because it's clearly worked for this person. Exactly. Who's had great success in it. So I can take that and run with it to the bank and actually do that thing. I think that's a big thing too. And that's why in business, um, we look at the testimonial as a big part of, of like how we can show people we know what, we know what the fuck we're doing. Mm -hmm. And whenever looking at the testimonial, um, you can kind of see the proof of concept there. And I think the biggest testimonial for trainers is themselves. It's walking around and everyone can regurgitate information or knowledge that they looked up. But just I think that the biggest things that's worked for me as an entrepreneur and a trainer is that transparency part of, hey, um, I don't have to spend hours telling you about my credentials. I don't have to spend hours telling you the definition of each bone in your body or each muscle in your body. But I can tell you. You, you could say you could see me. I'm jacked. There's that. I'm running a business and I'm jacked. <laughs> so I've that. got a couple things figured out. And it's like <laughs> I have loads of testimonies of people I've trained with. And I can tell you, based off the goals you tell me, I can help you get to the, the, the goal that you set. You just have to decide if it's something you're willing to commit to with your time and effort and if you're willing to trust the process. The process has been laid out. If you want to see the proof of concept, it's there. Yeah, it's there. It's online. That's all you need to really see. And I think for a lot of people in business, they have to... I think being willing to take risk is important and being willing to trust others and um, to do the task, like trusting a videographer to do good work, trusting someone who reached, someone who calls outreach out to you to connect and just being willing to just connect and just trust other people is going to help you go pretty far. So I like to tell a lot of people that is the first step in becoming an entrepreneur is just, or a business owner is trusting someone else to deliver a, um, uh, accomplish a goal or deliver a, ta uh, what word am I looking for? A deliverable? Uh, yeah, so basically accomplish a task that you need done for your business in removing yourself from it. I think trusting someone to, a lot, I think a lot of people would like to think of themselves as the only person who's able to do something or, or very critical on uh, like letting other people take care of things, but once you remove yourself and you're able to kind of just work with other people to accomplish your goal, that's what's going to take you to the next level. And I totally yeah. agree. Yeah. This is that was one of I told you that talk that I had. I covered like two traps. Mm -hmm. That's like the that's the most common trap that business owners face right exactly. now. Exactly. I, I call it the I'm a special snowflake trap. <laughs> <I'm a> special <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's I'd call it that because people. Business owners have so much ego. Like yeah. Entrepreneurs have so much ego. Yeah. Like if you think about it, if, if you were to write it down on a piece of paper, just what the qualities are of an entrepreneur, it's someone who has so much ego that they they are they believe enough that they can just succeed on their own That's without crazy. any kind of support. It's kind of crazy when you actually think yeah. about it. So you're, you're, that, you have to be a bit of crazy, and I think. With that comes a lot of exactly. ego. Exactly. And that's a trap in and of itself. I like think if you so. think that you're so good, but no one else can do it as well as you, you'll, you'd never get anywhere. you never get anywhere. And honestly, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a good and an evil. It's a gift and a curse that you have to really have to learn to maneuver. Like for me starting this, um, for a lot of personal trainers who do what I do, a lot of them start by off working in a gym, um, finding the nearest gym after getting certification and working for that gym for a few years. Um, I like to think that, like you said, there's a crazy element for a lot of people. Who am I to think I could go out on my own after getting certified and everything, not work for a gym, and do it all on my own? I would have never thought I would be where I'm at now, but I think that is the, the gift and the curse of just believing in yourself, 
so much and then using that ego to that fake ego I would have to call it because I need a lot of that fake ego to think I'm sitting in front of someone what makes you better in crunch fitness who has been established for years and years what makes you better than fit body boot camp or uh, the nearest personal training studio that's been open for 10 12 years who are you to think that you could do the same thing they're doing independently and never working for them and it goes back to what you said is just a lot of just believing in yourself and a bit of ego of just mm-hmm. I am just as good as these guys I am just as certified as these guys the only thing that separates me and that makes me the better choice is that I can provide you with a personal and transparent approach to training mm-hmm. there is no big um, conglomerate company that that is trying to just get you in as just a number and just get spit you out right after do a 20-minute session with you and get you right out there um, I think my biggest the biggest point I had whenever I started this it was we're gonna train I'm gonna be your point of contact you're not gonna text me through an app you're gonna text me through my phone number mm-hmm. you're gonna see the the if you have an iPhone you're gonna see a blue text just like just like I see a blue text uh, and we're just gonna communicate just like that you don't there, there's no paywall needed nothing like that there's a hundred percent trans transparency and communication and that's how I kind of help people accomplish their goals and that's what made them pick want to pick me over like a established gym or something like that yeah yeah mm-hmm. I think it's the transparency just helps them see that you're gonna be in there in the trenches with them exactly yeah it's like, know what they're going through and that yeah. kind of thing. Because I would kind of hear someone's experience from working from uh, working out at a gym. It's like, okay, these guys only trained me for 20 minutes and they, they gave me no nutritional advice or mm-hmm. they never talked to me afterwards. And it's like, okay, so there is a missing piece in this sector here. That's what I kind of realized. And it's like, um, so I can kind of kill two birds in one stone. It's like, who is this guy I think he is working by himself as a trainer? Oh, I'm the person who was able to be more personalized with you because it's only me. So wouldn't you see that as a benefit? And yeah. they think about it and they're like, oh, okay. So you know what you obviously know what you're doing. Because you're on your own, I think you can provide me with a more personalized approach to my goal. And that's how I'd usually win the customers when it comes to that. Yeah. So high level overview what have been the big milestones along those five years that have shaped the way you've grown this as a business i think if you i'll put it a different way if you could break it into three to five chapters of a book what are the chapters of your book? i love that i think chapter one was the qualifier chapter and i'm thinking this out the blue but i'll call it the qualifier and i think a lot of people is going to have to go through that what qualifies you to do what you do and what qualifies you to consider yourself a business owner or a trainer for my instance and what qualifies you to call yourself a good trainer or a great or amazing trainer or something like that and i think there was a big mental game in my head each time closing a client i would stutter over the phone i would be sweating mid i would be in call with them trying to talk to them but really on the other side i'm sweating <laughs> bullets i'm like oh my god i'm actually on a call with somebody right now yeah. <laughs> and then um i think chapter the, the big turn in chapter one was closing my first client and them actually trusting me enough to train them and the first thought i remember the first thought in my head was oh shit <laughs> they just submitted the payment they everything I said I guess they believe enough in me to accomplish that so that was the big closing in chapter one and chapter two opened up the door with what I like to call is um, product delivery I call that the, and that would be my big chapter two because immediately once the payment was submitted there would be another oh shit oh I actually have there's work to be done here. I have to fulfill on that yeah, promise like that I've told them we set a three months goal we set a nine, 90 day goal we set a six months goal to accomplish something and the money is been submitted time is ticking mm-hmm. you gotta act you have to deliver on what you promise and that was the big chapter two of okay um, how can I learn to acquire and make people trust me enough to kind of have them trust me to, to deliver that goal and in chapter two was 
how can I deliver that goal the best way possible to kind of um, be, grow myself as a business. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So figuring out how to get over the, am I even good enough to do this? And then you figured out that you are good enough. Now you got to prove it. Yeah. What's the chapter after that? What happened next? Um, the chapter after that would be um, what to call quality control. Um, I think over time as a trainer, um, once you learn the sales process of everything and how you how you learn to acquire people and communicate with people during every session and just delivering the good good quality service you start to go over retention rate. Okay, these people aren't staying with me as, as long as I thought, or I'm not able to deliver the service I thought, or it's been three months, they haven't really accomplished any goals. They're not listening to me as I train. It's like you start to deal with all these things because p- dealing with people is super unpredictable. Um, everyone's different. Every client will be different. No matter if they have the sim- same goals, it's always going to be different. So how can I take that? and approach every situation in a structured way, in a structured system to kind of help the flow of business, really. That was the big number three for me. And, how, and that was the big turn of this is what is turning this into a business. Anyone can be a trainer. Anyone can train clients. How can I bring in a consistent amount of clients each month and how can I deliver on the service provided to them as I promised? Starting to look at the business on a high-level overview. Yeah, yeah. Now, along the way, did there come a point where you had figured out getting clients, you would figured out delivering the service, but all of a sudden, do you feel like you're too busy and it, things are crazy? Oh, definitely. I've experienced all of that. Um, I think the biggest turn for me was um, watching myself hit the first, like, I remember the first what I call at that time a high ticket client is I think I started at $30 per session before and I remember closing my first $40 per, per, per session client and being like oh my god this is the big turning point of, of business like um, I'm, a, I'm more credible and I'm able to charge more but what I realized that came with was the stress of training with more people now I have 15 clients. I've never managed 15 clients before. How do mm-hmm. I do this successfully? And what tools and the, the, the talk of tools, the talk of um, um, third-party services from other people kind of comes into place of how do I keep this going and how can I turn this into a machine the best way possible? And I think that's what I, I want to kind of focus on. Now, when you're talking about 15 or more clients, that is a lot of different people with a lot of different Exactly, and I think that's what people don't understand is like, currently we're training well over um, 30 to 40 clients. And when people look at that and say, uh, well, a typical store gets over 100 clients. And it's like, when you think about 20 people who are trusting you with accomplishing a specific goal, 20 people you are seeing for three to four hours out of the week, which is longer than most places see people ever. So they're it's longer than most really close friends see ex- each other. Exactly. It's, lo- it's longer than a doctor's appointment. It's longer than, than any connection with any other um, service. So you are someone who, are, who is ins- you're inserting yourself into 30 lives. And, they, and in response to that, you're getting all that right back. You're you're hearing about the the cheating. You're hearing about the breakups. You're hearing about the um, that's the struggles in life, the f- the family moments that happen. That's all being broken broken down in a personal training session. So figuring out how to kind of maneuver through that is, I think, is, is a super important thing, and I think it makes turns you into a better person and trainer. But it's definitely not the easiest thing to kind of pick up on as you get started with this. What have been the toughest parts of that? Um, I think the toughest part is being able to handle different personalities and different people. I've had clients who's been, I've had clients for years who, I'm going to sound exaggerated, I was like, they don't say a word to me. Really? They're just, they don't talk as much at all. Like, they're just coming to the gym. Okay. 
What do I do? Train. Okay. You want me to lift? All right. Gotcha. All right. All right. Do I train? All right. I'm going to do this. I'm going to bench press. And we barely say a word to each other because they just wanted, one, a trainer, two, a specific time to train, three, get it done, get my hours, get the fuck out. Mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck about talking too much about my, my life. I don't care about uploading all, all, all my information to this trainer. I just want a trainer I can train with who knows what he's doing, and I can get out of here. So you can imagine with some situation like that, you're just getting a lot of mute points and be like, okay, so I was a week. <laughs> and then they're like, good. <laughs> I'm like, oh, awesome. <laughs> like, that's, that's and then great. you got guys like me that won't shut up. <laughs> I love that, man. That, that's the best type of clients. And these are clients that I, I like. I build a relationship because I'm like, this is what I do. Like, I love learning about people, and I love talking about people. So to reciprocate that is really nice. But And I don't even find the clients who don't like that as – I don't call them bad clients – it's just different. You just have to learn the differences of that. Because if you're starting this out, you think these people hate you. You think yeah. these people really despise you and don't want to do this. No, it's just their personality. They don't like talking much, but they still see the um, the value in having a trainer. So You might get like a year down the road with them. They've said 13 words said to 13 you. 13 like, words. And I've just I guess never, they like what's going on they here. they got <laughs> five sisters and three brothers I've never learned, yeah. learned about. And they told me, like, yeah, I guess I'm going to a birthday party. That was the first open thing that sold me. Like, okay, like you, why are you, you being know, you're being hella different today. You know other people. Is that, is that, you have another life. Like who are you? So it's it's really cool seeing that. I think the coolest thing I've experienced doing this is going out to different places and just seeing my clients. I'm like, oh shit, you're you're real. You're a real person. Like I went to um, Home Depot, not Home Depot. We went to um, Rooms to Go. And I was purchasing, picking up some furniture, and I just looked to my right, and I'm like, "Is that, is that Casey?" And I'm like, and, and he's just looking at me like, "Hey, what's up?" And he's like, he's with his family and everything. I'm like, "Hey guys, this is my trainer," and we're just out on a regular day, like, "Oh, yeah. these are real people with their own lives going on." And, mm-hmm. it, and it, it sounds crazy to say, but you get stuck in your own world, and I think a lot of people can have like that first person. Um, view of the world of not really realizing that as you go throughout life you're interacting with different people who have completely different experiences than you and um, go through different experiences things than than you and just have a different outlook on life and not every day you get to kind of see that in person so it's always kind of cool seeing that what's the biggest thing that perspective has taught you um i think it's taught me to be open and to really just um, have an open, um, be open to information, be open to different people and different people's experiences and, uh, and just not be reserved and uh, at all, because you might, you might just run into people and you think some of these people never want to talk, or you might think these people are, um, are like mean mugging or something like that. As I, I always just say, just be as open as possible and be open to people and just be yourself and be transparent because um, as being in my position, I've trained people in really high levels in certain roles like um, marketing recruiters at Facebook, um, administration for um, for different doctor offices, and but I also train their employees like nurses. I've trained people who work in tech. And these are people that some would look like and, and be super intimidated to even talk to. And just because they're in certain positions, like, oh, this is my managing coordinator. I don't really want to talk to this person like that. And I think the more you start to view everyone in the open lens and just start to just look at people as one-on-one, you start to grow as a person. And I think I really learned to kind of just kind of ground myself and then ground others to just be one-on-one instead of just, oh, this person is this person. This person is a celebrity. No, it's one-on-one. Who are you? Who am I? Let, can we communicate in a way? And I think that's probably been the most rewarding thing I, I've gotten as being a trainer. I like that. I think the thing that came to mind when you were saying that is I think that is really helpful is some of the most successful people I've ever observed put no one on a pedestal, exactly. but look down on no one either. Exactly. They just treat everyone the same. And because of that, if they do have like a boss, like a really high level boss, thinking of someone in particular I know who 
he's gone really far because very early on in his career, he just formed a relationship with the CEO of the company. Because he didn't look at it that way. He just looked at it as like, oh, that's, I don't know, that's the CEO. I'll just form a relationship. And now you got a relationship. And if an opportunity comes, something could come of that. Exactly. People are not on this pedestal. That person is the same as you. Maybe they've just got a little more time working on something. And if you could just look at it as that and just say, Hey, maybe I could ask that person a question. There, there's no reason they yeah. wouldn't answer my question. I say, hey, do you think I qualify for this position coming up? And they'll, and they'll look at you and, and they'll give you their real advice of, oh, yeah, I think you might be really good for this position. I think certain people put themselves in a bubble. The more and more you start to put people on pedestals or look at people below you, you start to put yourself in a bubble. And that's where you really start to disconnect from the world. And and that's why I, I think some people can fall behind like graduating college and not being knowing how to maneuver through an interview or go to a network uh, a networking um, community and just trying to talk to people the more and more you put yourself in that bubble you won't be able to do that so I always tell people just be open be transparent and then be yourself the best you can and I think that could all take you pretty far than anything else I think the best relationships I had with um, the, the CEOs and the supervisors that I've had in the past whenever I was um, working in corporate is just that I treated them just like I treated everyone else. And that kind of shocked some, some of them like, oh, you're not, you're not shy around me. You're not sweating bullets around me. You're not intimidated. Now, I was in the back playing basketball with our head, head manager before. And he would be practicing his ass off to make sure he can beat me next time. And that's, <laughs> yeah. and that's just the relationship we have, whereas everyone just, like, they would be on their phone, just try to hide their phone and be, like, trying to be as far away from the general manager as possible mm-hmm. because that would be the that would be their boss. So it's not someone they could really form a relationship with, yeah. Yeah, I think people are afraid, uh, they're afraid to share things with their boss because they think it can make them look bad yeah. or put them in a bad light. They're afraid to, like, put it all out there. But I think in reality, if you do kind of put it all out there to an extent, or at least maybe not overboard, but like if you do really go out of your way to have that relationship, they're going to start to see you as someone that they can trust more. Oh, definitely. Could be the person to go to when there is an opportunity. Exactly. And just someone who is not trying to look to come up on the relationship or someone who's not. I think people appreciate, I think naturally, Everyone in this world wants to help others, and I think progressing in different tax brackets is what taught me that, is naturally everyone mm-hmm. wants to help. Um, no matter who you are, you don't you want to help as much people as you can. Nobody wants to be successful just to keep it all to themselves. That's impossible. Because mm-hmm. what are you going to spend the money you make on? Who are you going to tell about the accomplishments that you have? Who are you going to share these deep moments that you experience or the knowledge that you learned from a new book you read or for a new mentoring event that you went to? You constantly want to share these things with other people and just start to upbuild people with you. So I think being open or just being receptive to different people will kind of help help a lot of people out in those situations. Um, I think the the best the best tip that I ever got from someone is um, they would usually start every conversation they have with someone with their realest transparent like say if I'm on a sales call um, I think every sales call starts in three stages step one is caution everyone's cautious over a call because especially if they don't know you if I don't know you over the call and we're over the phone there's a time limit in my head of how long are we on this call for and what are we talking about? I don't even know you. And what are you trying to accomplish here with this call? I think the moment you break down that transparency, it removes any desperate or this person needs me out of it. And I think you can instantly see that in people. There'll be in calls where someone's talking to me and they're like, okay, so how can you help me? I'm like, how can I help you? why don't you tell me what your goals are in detail? And mm-hmm. you're like, well, I wouldn't know what my goals are. And I'm like, so you're not looking for a personal trainer. Yeah. And they'll be, now just kind of stunned. I'm like, okay, I, I mean, I guess, no, wait, wait, I guess I can, 
I guess I am looking to train because of this, this, that. Yeah. And it would kind of go into details. Like, oh, okay, now you're really open. I'm like, why aren't you open before? And just that, people hearing that, like, oh, shit, he's not with the bullshit. Mm-hmm. Or this person is not trying to pitch me on anything. Because if he has something that I'm looking to accomplish or a service that I need, he's going to tell me about it, but he's not here to bullshit me about it. Yeah. And I think everybody should move that way. I think so, too. I think it's also important to turn the wrong people away, too. Or, yeah, exactly. Or turn the people who are not the right fit away. Yeah. I I have someone kind of in my pipeline, so to speak, right now who we're planning on talking in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, with his him and his partner uh, in the business, we had an initial call already where he had booked time on my calendar. I didn't really know much about the call going into it. Yeah. But he booked time on my calendar. We got on the call and he told me he wants to sell his business. Right. Mm-hmm. In on a surface level, that looks like perfect client, right? If it's just someone who wants to sell their business, that's someone that I should be working with. Yeah. But I ended up digging in a little bit deeper, and I was like, so how much do you need to get for this business? Have you thought about that? Do you know what your goals are? Yeah. It was like, uh, you know, I haven't really thought about that that much. And I was like, okay, I think that'd be a good thing to think about. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. are you the only equity holder? Do you have another partner in this? It sounds like you mentioned one. He was like, oh yeah, I mean, he's a 50-50 partner with me. And I was like, do you know if he's on the same page with you and all this? Mm. He was like, well, we've had some good conversations about it, I think a little bit. And I was like, I think you should probably make sure you're on the same page with them first. So I was like, I like he was basically asking what it would look like to work with me. But I was like, I, I don't think it makes sense for us to work together if you don't have a clear result to drive towards. Exactly. And if you don't know for sure that this is the right fit, let's talk in a couple of weeks and see if you've been able to come to kind of an agreement with the partner and know what you want exactly. out of this. Because if we if you know what you want out of it, I can help you get it. But I don't want to work with you if we're not actually if I'm not able to do something. For yeah, you. I like, think that's the biggest unlock I've had. Yeah, not like that a lot. It's like okay, you're trying to sell a business that you don't even fully qualify to fully sell. Like there's another side of it missing. Yeah, and I think people want to. I think the dopamine response for everyone is to take action on something immediately, but the, it comes with a big crash at the end. And that's usually what happens and what I found out early when I was training people is they would have promises in their heads and they would train with me. And because the process wasn't broke, broken down for them, they, were, they would call me out on certain things that I'm like, we're still on month two, but I haven't accomplished my goals. Now look at them like, we're on month two. We're just getting started with the mm-hmm. goals. And it's like, but you told me, I'm like, no, we, we said we'd work towards our goals and we will try to get 1%, 10% better as we grow and try to turn this into something you can consistently do for the long term. That's going to help you um, for the long stretch of your life, not just help you for a temporary goal. And I think setting those expectations ahead of time has been the biggest game changer for me. It's almost like a bullet point layout of step one, we're doing this, step two, we're doing this, and step three, we will result in this in this amount of time. If we don't accomplish this in this amount of time, you aren't doing what you aren't, do, you aren't supposed to do um, because I have delivered everything to you. Yeah. And them understanding that, um, they can kind of get rid of that that weird talk after six months of, hey, I haven't accomplished my goals, it's been six months. Um, I would respond to that is, hey, here is the layout of the six months plan we have. Here's the nutritional plan I sent you. Here's the 50 messages I've sent you to remind you to do such and such. Um, Here's the workout sessions that we miss. Here's the ones we didn't miss. Um, Here's the weekly goals that we set that you were supposed to follow that you didn't follow. Why do you think you didn't accomplish what we're supposed to accomplish in six months? And with some self-reflection, they'll be like, you know what, you're right. <laughs> let, me, let me stop playing around. Yeah. Let, me, let me actually focus. And mm-hmm. I think um, that applies to a lot of what you say, too, with a lot of business owners. Let's say if you're looking to sell your business, it's like, do you have systems and structures set for you to even understand what you have, or even if it's a business? Because you can get sales here and there, but can you predict where, where the sales are coming from? Or 
what your sales process looks like that work effectively or what your closing rate is or um, what your churn rate is. And when you start to align all these things, that's when you start to have a predictable business of, okay, this is how much I can actually sell this business for and this is what the business is actually worth. I think there's a lot of entrepreneurs and oh yeah and um I, I think it's a good i think a lot of people like to capitalize there's a big industry of capitalizing of entrepreneurs and that's what that's why they tend to be um eerie and less less inclined to reach out to the people they're supposed to be reaching out to to kind of get their services because they've been duped by the quick um crm they're charging 200 dollars or um, the quick money management tool that they never needed or the uh, Vista print where they printed out 50 shirts for the 50 employees they don't have. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wait a minute, where are you going to make sales one? <laughs> yeah. Are you going to make a sale first before you decide to do a thousand things before that? So I think that's been, that's probably the biggest thing people need to focus on for sure. I think so too. Yeah. I call that the, uh, the bikini model on Instagram. Bikini model. <laughs> yeah, that's the other trap. That's you beat. You have to beat that one before you can even get to the I'm a special snowflake trap. For sure. But I call it that because there's a million different distractions, and I think of business like a romantic relationship mm-hmm. where you start with blind optimism, this new awesome thing that couldn't possibly go wrong, and then inevitably it goes wrong. Yeah. Somehow it gets harder. There's challenges. There's difficulties. And then you have two choices. It's like you either tough it out and get through it and keep sticking to the thing and doing the hard things to get past it. Mm -hmm. Or you DM the Instagram model and you just say, fuck it. And you like, you try the next thing. Mm -hmm. So like I, I tell this story about the two entrepreneurs that set out at the same time and one just put his head down and stuck to the business, kept talking to the right people and reinforcing things and build this awesome business in a couple of years. And the other one kept trying the next thing when it got hard, never built a business. Yeah. And I think I've definitely been, and I love that you said that because I've been a victim to that too. Um, Even starting this business, it's so scary to be be a business owner because sometimes you don't know if if this is something that could be predictable. And I think comfort comes from predictability. And when you start to know where the money's going to come from, it's a it's it's a much less space to be in than not understanding like what in your business is making your money. I think what really showed me that is this is in my early years of starting this. Um, I had 15 clients and I've lost three three to four clients instantly. And the first thing that comes to my head was, oh shit, I might have to get a job, or oh shit. I'm gonna have to start, let me looking to do something else. Or I would be doing DoorDash on the side, which I never tell people not to do because these are the slow hustling breakdowns that we need to. But what I had to look at is I had to sit myself down and do a rough draft of looking at where my hours go each day. Because I was so scared of where the next paycheck was coming from, I still had 15 clients. I still had a, a personal training business but I was investing eight, like six to eight hours of my time doing DoorDash on the side. Those six to eight hours could have been devoted to me, me being on call with 10, 20 people who are interested in personal training. That could have been three to four additional closes that resulted in much more revenue than what I generated in those eight hours working DoorDash. I, my, my brain just couldn't conceive that because I was in struggle mode. I was you were in, in survival mode. I was in survival mode. I was just like, oh, shit, 10 clients means I have, will have less money here this month. So where was my next paycheck going to come mm-hmm. from? First thing is where, is where can I get a reliable income stream? And first thing in my head was DoorDash, not where can I optimize my business to bring in more more business or more revenue to make sure we stay afloat and make sure we can go to the next level. And when you really start to remove yourself out of the picture and just looking at the business as a whole, I think you can start to kind of elevate for sure. I think even for people who aren't entrepreneurs and aren't business owners, mm-hmm. this is an important point because for sure, so many people get into a job that is not going to suit their goals mm-hmm. because they have that survival mindset where they're like, oh my God, where's the next paycheck? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And if you sit back and you're realistic for a second, 
you can get a job, you can get an amazing job in a couple months. If you spend a couple months sitting back and just learning what needs to be done, you can get almost any certification Mm -hmm. or skill set that base level that you need to get started in something in a couple months. If you take a step back and just say, okay, here's what my goals are. To reach these eventual goals, I need to start with this job or start with this entry level thing, Mm -hmm. or I need to have this client or do this thing. How do I do that one thing? that's going to get me to the next step exactly. rather than just, oh my God, where do I go? Money. Just going to get money. <laughs> exactly. That, money. There's a revenue this stream. This is too complicated. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, no, that, you're definitely right on that. I think looking outside, looking into my business, I, I kind of see the hole, the deep hole that it is. And I think a lot of businesses is just a very deep, complicated hole of processes, time and effort into something. I think anyone starting out personal training off the rip, um, of course, there would be every, there's a top 5% and top 10% and top 1% in every single field. And what there, uh, what's the big difference with a lot of these percentages is, okay, how long have this person been doing this? How insulated are they in that industry? And just what systems they have into place to, to keep them at the top. I think for me, when I started this, it was just getting clients. And I realized step two was, okay, how do I maintain clients? And then step three was, how can I provide the best service to these clients to then charge a higher price? And step four was, how can I be more credible to get more high ticket clients? And the more steps I accomplished, I didn't realize it, but I was becoming something completely more. I was, the business was developing into something completely different. And it was because it was more layers being added to the business to kind of just like, okay, this is this type of personal training business now. Now it's a certified personal training business. Now it's a personal training business with with 60 plus reviews. It's a personal training business with um, testimonials from people all over Orlando. And it just becomes something of itself. It's not even an individual trainer. It's a brand now. This is something people can recognize and go with based off these these credibilities now, not just a person off this road that says, hey, I wanted to be a personal trainer. You want to train with me? Is that, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a little different, for sure. I love that perspective because so many people get so intimidated by the first few challenges that come along, the mm-hmm. first year. Ultimately, it's probably going to be one of the hardest because oh, yeah, you've got to definitely. get past those giant hurdles. You've got to convince someone to try you when there's no reason exactly. to try you. Sometimes even doing the free stuff or doing mm-hmm. the borderline free stuff. Yeah. It is a requirement. And I want everyone that comes into business to realize that that's just why. I look up a stat that said, um, we can probably add this to the screen. It told me the percentage of businesses um, that fail, small business that fail. It told me a stat into how much profit an average small business does. And a lot of people forget, but a lot of businesses fail. Most. Most businesses fail, and most businesses make a bare minimum a lot of money. And understanding that lets you know that, okay, there's a process here. It's not to say that this is a hard process. Just know that this is not a simple process. You have to work towards something to to get past that 50% line, to get past that 20% and become a 5%, you know, 1% in your industry. You have to climb up these ladders, and the more you climb up these ladders, you realize that you're you're happy that these layers are there because you don't want an easy industry. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants an industry anybody can just wake up and do the next day. You want an industry that is insulated and that you know that you have to put a lot of work to get here just so you know the competition is not as easy as comes as, as like say, industry where someone could do, can pick up and do um, tomorrow. That's all I think. Your competitive moat, yeah, exactly. so to speak. You want yeah. the moat to be bigger and deeper so that people can't exactly. get in and take I, your I market I want this share. to be, I, I like this being hard. I like that there's a layered process to this because I know 
that the competition is less as I get higher and higher. I know that as I get closer and closer to the five and one percent of of this training thing, I know that that it's going to be a lot harder for people to just catch up, mm-hmm. and I'm fine with that. Like, yeah. there's there's enough clients for everyone in this world for sure, but as a, as someone who who is competitive and want to be the best in what they do, that's just that's just the mode you need to for to accomplish in anything. And it just and it just teaches you to not be stagnant and just know that you always have to be one percent better each day. And how do you get to that next level? Yeah, it's time. Mm-hmm. I think we're nearing a good place to to end this, but I wanted to mention one thing because mm-hmm. we've talked a lot about some of the the qualities that you need to have to succeed in business ownership. I do want to say, I don't think it's necessarily for everyone, yeah. but what I like to say is that there's three qualities that if you have, then you can succeed. The only other recipe is time. Mm-hmm. So the three qualities are the insatiable urge to create a design, the life that you want, mm-hmm. the optimism to believe that you can, and the drive to show up every day to make it happen. Like and then that. the only other ingredient is time. Yeah, You just have to wait over time of doing that and then eventually you get it. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, it definitely sets the sets the tone for where they even start. And it's like start with square one. It's almost like the example of McDonald's and all the different brands. Nobody started with a, a beautiful website. Um, look look up Twitter's first website. Look up um, Facebook's first website. Look at McDonald's first logo. It's like nobody started at perfect. And because we are bombarded with advertisement and posts and just branding by really great brands, we think that if we're looking to get into this space, we have to be on our P's and Q's about everything. And that's going to limit you from starting if you think you're going to be at 100% at level one. You won't be. You got to start at square one and you have to build up. That is the only way for most businesses, especially with no capital. (laughs) <laughs> it's gonna be hell. Uh, I think I'm gonna one one example. I, I think a lot of people have a conversation about funding. Is that's what, I mean that's the biggest reason a lot of people want to kind of sell their business or something like that, it, or look to grow their businesses. Okay, I need funding to do such and such. And I would ask, okay, if your business isn't generating enough revenue, especially if you're in a service for a business, you have to ask yourself. Why are you looking for this funding, and what are you looking to really accomplish with this funding? Are you in survivor mode, and that's why you think you need funding? Or do you have a specific goal and task for the money that you're looking to acquire to kind of take you to the next level? And I think a lot of people just want funding because they might be in survivor mode or their business isn't making enough revenue to kind of pay them out. I've seen examples of gyms that have three owners and make $300,000 a year, but every owner only gets $2,000 a month. And it's like, oh, okay. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. I love it. Is there any, anything else that you would want to say to the audience as a parting note? Um, I would say um, check me out at joinsofit.com if you are in the Orlando area and looking for personal training. Um, we, um, we also a team of trainers in Orlando. So if there's any trainers out there who is looking for mentorship, we do provide mentorship. Um, at, at, our, at our studio and for anyone who's looking for just basically to kind of walk through and just kind of see what it's like training. Um, but yeah, I at that. My name's Schneider and it's been great, been amazing. <laughs> this has been awesome. Yeah, Very man. refreshing. Thank you. Yeah, man. Thanks this for being great. Of course. That's a podcast.